This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After 49 Football League games, it's League Two again. Heartbreak at Wembley and disappointment in the performance. We're gutted, we're broken, we're left on the floor. But mainly, that's due to Mansfield Town's performance on the big stage and not the fact that we failed to win promotion. We weren't going to bother doing a Mansfield Matters podcast today, but we thought we needed to get the anger and the disappointment out of our systems, based solely on one game. The season as a whole we'll cover later in the week as we do our usual end-of-season review show, along with the end-of-season awards too, and when we'll talk about the retain list as well, I imagine. But we need to get yesterday out of the way. One game, one moment... One massive, massive, massive dose of disappointment in our players. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Come and have your say on your team, solely based on Wembley yesterday. Because no matter the division we're in, we know when it all starts over again, Mansfield will always matter. Nobody dreamed it would end like that, but it did. And that's what we've got to contend with. That's what we've got to focus on. And that's what we've got to get about out of our systems ahead of the new campaign in just nine weeks time. Good evening and welcome to the post Wembley Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because win or lose, like we said before, Mansfield would always matter. Sorry. News just in, Mansfield Town have just turned up to play their playoff final at Wembley. Bit late, lads, bit late. Uh, as always, get involved and have your say on your team. Joining me at Mansfield Matters HQ is Cam and also joining me virtually online as well is the man who was in charge of SSA coach number three yesterday, Clive Parkin. How are we? I'm fine, yeah. It was disappointing yesterday, but we, we live to fight another day. Yes, we certainly do. Uh, Nathan should be with us at some point as well uh, later on, if he remembers to pop on. 
uh, the stream. He's probably forgot, to be fair, you know, old age, old wisdom. Uh, so we're going to rely on you guys to get involved in the comments as well and have your say on your team. Now, before we get started, a few things to clear up. I think I've made it fairly obvious in the description to the video anyway. But this one is just about Wembley yesterday. We're talking about the, the playoff final. We're not talking about the season um, as a whole. Uh, and we're not talking about Nathan not knowing uh, what time to uh, log on to the uh, the podcast and to, to come and go. Oh, hi, Nathan. You're right, mate. Yeah, no, sorry. I had a reckless Ollie Hawkins moment. <sighs> I tried to, I, I, I was rushing to get on and I accidentally pressed never allow access to camera and microphone. So I had to figure oh, out how to undo that. that. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely a yellow card offence. <laughs> uh, we'll, right. we'll talk more about them later on. Um, as I was saying, um, you know, tonight is all about um, taking one game in isolation, not looking at the, the season as a whole. We'll do that later on in the week in the uh, our usual end of season um, review show. Um, so it's just focusing on, uh, on, on uh, yesterday. Right, let's uh, delve straight into it and we may as well uh, start with everyone's overarching feelings um in a one word review i'm going to say it gutted cam are we allowed to swear nope rubbish nathan um optimistic oh optimistic clive what about you what are you saying just disappointed i think disappointed, disappointed. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably the key word uh, for it. Uh, get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. Lots of comments already flooding in, so let's go uh, to some of them uh, already. Uh, Chris kicks us off tonight, says, Coin you stags. Jamie says, let's do it next season. Uh, disappointed with the results, says Mark, but the best team won on the day. Good luck to Daryl Clark uh, for next season. Um, stags chat says, this is it. Gutted. Nine weeks to the next season. Go again. Get the right players and autos is ours. Jim says, evening all, feeling positive about 22-23 already. Proud of everybody. Would be great if the club uh, seal a couple of signings in the next week just to lift everyone and get a focus on the future and the new season ahead. Come on, you stags. Ian says, well done, stags fans. Yesterday, 3-0 down and still singing our hearts out. Fans turned up. Players didn't. James says, uh, devastated um, about the match yesterday. Could have taken losing, but not the way we did with such a poor performance. They simply did not um, uh, turn up. Chris says, good evening, Clive, from SSA 3. So, uh, Chris must have been on your bus yesterday, Clive. Good evening, Chris. Well done on winning the shirt. Oh, there you go. A shirt winner as well. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie says, in my eyes, if Murphy scored that chance, the game would have been totally different, but he didn't. Daniel says, heartbreaking. Um, Sean says, toothless. Kevin says, it was a poor, uh, poor from the lads. Just got to bounce back up the stags. Jack says, always thought we would struggle at wide. All three goals came from crosses. Um, Daniel adds, wouldn't have minded if we'd lost, but played um, but played well. However, that wasn't the case. Yeah, let's delve straight into that, Nate, because um, I think the overarching emotion from us on the way back from Wembley yesterday in the car was one of disappointment, not at the fact that we failed to, to win promotion, but disappointment in the fact that Mansfield Town didn't do the basics, and that t that's turn up and fight for the shirt. Yeah, I mean that. I think that was a problem. It was the the manner in the defeat, wasn't it? I think the way it the way it sort of panned out. Uh, in some ways, it was a bit easier. The fact that after about thirty minutes, well, for myself personally, I kind of accepted that you know we've lost now, so it wasn't like a last minute gut wrenching sort of. Uh, you know, goal to to take it out of your grasp, but the same applies. You know, you've you've had you know, 90 minutes there where, you know, we've not really, we, we've kind of picked the worst game possible to, to have one of the worst performances, you know, it's kind of 
on par with with Northampton away in the league. Uh, you know, it was kind of in that sort of region of, of the level of performances, which is the, the main disappointment. But um, so yeah, it was. Um, I think it was more than manner, uh, and it was a little bit. I think we all. We don't want to be overconfident, but I think we all at least believe we'd, we'd have performed, put in a better performance than that because we have done for the majority of the season. Yeah, we have, Clive. And I think that's the disappointing factor, isn't it? The fact that, you know, this Nigel Clough has pr- pretty much prided himself on putting out a Mansfield Town team that will fight for the shirt in pretty much every game. In fact, there's only one real game this season that I can remember them not playing well and not fighting for the shirt. And that, of course, was uh, at Northampton away. And uh, I think this is actually performance-wise and... <sighs> Courage-wise, display-wise, was probably worse than that. I think. I'm. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to take issue on this. I, I think the the game you referred to earlier in the season at Northampton, it looked like the team were were lacking commitment. I think yesterday there wasn't a player that turned out in number that didn't want to win. They all came out wanting to win, but they were exposed very quickly to a far superior attacking force from from Vale. And once they got a couple of fairly quick and simple goals, I think it was very difficult for them to maintain that positive approach. And then, of course, when one player did a couple of uh, stupid acts and found himself having an early bath, I mean, there was no way back from that. I think that's the real problem. Having said that, I mean, we uh, Murphy may have scored if he'd connected with a header better early on. We had a, a shot that was millimetres away from being a goal. It could have been different. It wasn't. I have no complaints at the best team won. What do you make of that, Cam? I think, you know, it's a frustrating one, isn't it? Because personally, I do feel there was a lack of heart and desire because they, they gave away two cheap goals and they didn't seem an intent to try and get back in the game. And certain players have got to take step up and take responsibility. There was only actually two players for me that actually seemed to try. Uh, yeah. I think in my time of watching Mansfield, I think that probably was the worst I think I've ever seen a Mansfield side play. And of all the occasions for it to happen, I think, yeah, we we conceded these two goals, but at, at 11 v 11, there's always possibility. And I think the the frustrating thing for me is just that we, we dealt with a lack of refereeing consistency the bad way. We, we didn't get... There was decisions in that game where they we got given we got fouls against us. We got players booked. The same thing happens a few minutes later. We get a, it, it, we get a free kick, but it's not a booking. And then same today. Um, the for what Ollie Hawkins got his first booking for. There was another incident exactly the same in the set in the in the in the championship game today. That was a foul, but wasn't a booking. And it's just how can you have such. Co- a lack of consistency in officiating in the EFL. But that said, we just dealt with it the wrong way. Ollie Hawkins gets booked. Fair enough, he shouldn't have had his hand there. He had his hand there. He had his hand there. There. Watch it back. He had his hands there. The exact same thing happens in the game today. It's not a booking. It's just... It was a cheap booking, the first one. It was one, a cheap book. It, it was a foul worthy of a booking, but it was a cheap yeah. one. On other I, occasions, you get away with that. I'm going to go, so I'm going to disagree with him. We might, end up, I, we might end up scrapping because I thought the referee got both both no, them right. I think, it, no, I think... Ollie Hawkins has got to take it. I'm not throwing him under the bus, but he's got to take. He's got to take he's stand up and take responsibility because both the other cards are stupid for his they experience. Are, they are stupid, but I think the point is, why? how come one is a, one's a yellow card and one isn't? This this is the the argument. I've yeah, got. But that's football, isn't it? It's inconsistent because the different referees, different different perspectives. So, 
that kind of is is football, and you kind of have to deal with that. So, I mean, comparing it to the championship game, you know, I get your point where you'd say they probably should have had a few, you know, a couple of yellow cards, and they didn't. But um, the bottom line is, uh, <laughs> it was it was given the yellow card, and then he still chose to make that decision. What? How many minutes later was it? Yeah, Which, exactly. I mean, in a different scenario, you might say it was just a lot of frustration. We dealt dealt with it the wrong way, but it's just same with James Perch. He got booked. Fair enough, Perch was a, a, a booking, but they, it's, they make the same challenge on Stephen McLaughlin. Oh, there's a lack of consistency. Off, but, there, of course but there get, is. But, but it got in Mansfield's head. Yeah. And, but, we were, uh, and then from then on, we were making stupid decisions constantly, committing little fouls we didn't need to do. Yeah, but we should, we we should the manage game. the game better. We should, we should have the professionalism within that squad to well, manage exactly. the game. And that, and that's, that's, like what that that's, that that that's what annoys me the most, the lack of... Now in that squad, so it's going back. Exactly. You know if you if you want to talk about inconsistency, um, Hawkins arguably was a villain. Um, he it, no argument about it. Well, no he committed he committed an act of gross stupidity. I mean, you just don't give a bookable a foul on the halfway line. There was no need. The, the guy wasn't going to trouble us immediately. You make those sort of fouls when you've got no other choices. But anyway, that he did it because he's obviously at the time felt it was the appropriate thing to do. It turned out to be the wrong thing to do and he went down the tunnel yeah. and he must have felt really bad for his, his team in doing that. And the week before, he was most many people's man of the match yeah. for his performance. Yeah. And then you've got those goals that were emerging down the wings and one down the left-hand side, which should have been cut out or would have been cut out normally, was down to our player of the season. Yeah, McLaughlin. So I'm going to move it slightly on from uh, from Hawkins because I've, I've got a fear that he's he's going to be everybody's target. He's going to be everybody's man, man to shoot down wrongly. And I'm going to pick out a few comments which have which, which highlight this. And the, you know, it's an opinions based uh, podcast, an opinions based uh, sport. Paul says Hawkins is a disgrace. Fact, not a disgrace. That, that's that is overly harsh and that's emotion emotion speaking. But like others have said. Um, Sean says Hawkins gave the ref a decision to make. Uh, Paul says, uh, where is it? Um, Sean also adds uh, schoolboy errors. Uh, and Simon says both were clear yellow cards, no complaints. He is a villain of, of the piece on the day in isolation. But, you know, over the course of a the season, there's been one or two silly errors. But like Clive said, he was the, you know, the best player on the, on the pitch the week before at Northampton. Nathan, do you know what? I think a lot of people prior to the whistle being blown, would have probably been a little bit surprised and felt probably felt it was hard done by to be dropped. It was damned if you do, damned if you don't in that team selection from Nigel Clough. What, dropped? What, which, when, where, what? <laughs> I do mean prior. Yeah, I, I mean, if if it had dropped Hawkins... Oh, sorry, yeah, no, no, yes. Which is, yeah, yeah, this is the point, no. mate. If you, did, if you dropped Hawkins on the back of Northampton away where he's man of yeah, the match... Yeah, you couldn't. Exactly. Yeah, I mean... And because I mean, it was interesting, you know, a, a couple, a few podcasts ago, we were discussing. Obviously, it was it was a big if back then. But if we so we were saying, if we got past Northampton, come up against Swindon or Port Vale, because we didn't know obviously who at the time. You would, we we were saying that you probably wouldn't want Hawkins back there because you're going to face a bit of pace. That said, so so you you probably wouldn't have wanted him there. But that said, you couldn't drop him after. I not even just that away game. I think the home game he had a, a cracking game as well. Yeah. Um. You know, but that but the problem is it suited him. They were, you know, they were playing that that long ball. You know, in the air. It, it suited his game. Um. But you wasn't going to get that against uh, against Port Vale. But it was that. It's that catch twenty two. You can't. You feel like it needs to be well either dropped or moved because of the the, the you know the opposition of going up against. 
or you drop him, which seems incredibly unfair for for, for those couple of performances. But the, the the worrying thing is for me was that I kind of, you could kind of feel it was coming because although he had those two cracking games against Northampton, you roll back a few games before that and he had some really sort of stinkers, which wasn't consistent with what he'd done for most of the season. So you knew that was there in him and you kind of just thought, are oh, Port Vale in a final, are they going to sort of uh, be able to target that a little bit? And they did, uh, for pretty much for both goals, to be fair. Um, I think another thing to uh, to, to highlight, uh, Laura says, that rubbish performance, not just Hawkins' uh, fault, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I think Nigel Clough himself has got to take a little bit of uh, responsibility for that. I felt the team selection was very much um, in, in the highlight zone of, I'm not quite sure what to do here, so I'm just going to sort of sit on the fence. O'Toole had a phenomenal game at Northampton away, sitting in a defensive midfield role. But the fact that he did, Clive, was the fact that he had somebody alongside him and we were playing two people in that position where they could counter each other and cover for each other. You go, you change that, you take one of them out and he sits as the kingpin and he gets absolutely lost. And for me, has probably his worst game in a Mansfield shirt. And, and I think it's, it's not his fault, but I think he, he was sort of, uh, not hung out to dry, but I think it just sort of felt like he was putting him in for the sake of putting him in. I felt it was disjointed wrongly. I think it was an unadventurous selection. Um, it was more defensive than, than progressive. Um, we, are, we have had to, through no choice, play square pegs in round holes this season. And Hawkins being a good example of that. He was recruited to be a striker and he spent nearly all the season in the central defence. Now, he does a great job when there's an aerial attack because he's big and he can head. But anything that goes by him, it takes him an hour to turn around. And other teams have started to pick up on that. And Daryl has done a great job, him and his team, in researching Mansfield Town. They know exactly where the weaknesses were. And they could see from the team selection how to play against us. And there were just clinical passes from midfield out to the flanks. And they beat us nearly every time. So hats off to them. That's the weakness in our game. We've got dependency on three or four old players now who do not have 90 minutes of energy in them as well. Um, but I, I can't buy this hang him out to dry mentality. I understand people after a game are very emotional and there were people wanted him crucified and sent to, sent to the colonies. All sorts of r- rubbish was spoken. I understand that. But, you know, it, earlier in the season, when we were at the start of our bad run, what started that off? One of the main reasons for that was Flynn getting a six, uh, Quinn getting a six-match ban through stupidity. Now he's been forgiven; he's actually made a positive contribution for the rest of the season. I think it's unfair to to lay, lay too much blame on Hawkins. Or that, having said that, I think he was incredibly stupid. Yeah, let's go back to uh, team selection, Cam. Um, we sort of said it didn't. We, By the way, did I tell you I had a coach of my own on? Uh, uh, the match. Yeah, just <laughs> hold that sign up a little bit more, mate. I can't, can't see it. A little, no, bit, bit higher, bit higher, oh. bit higher. Yeah, that's perfect. You could leave that there. For, no, <laughs> bit higher again. You could leave that there. For Get out of here. Five minutes. All right, I will. See you later. Bye. Oh, <laughs> every week, every week. There we go. Uh, coming back to team selection camp, um, we said it, didn't we, that we felt a little bit disjointed. And to be honest, I understood why you brought Longstaff and Murphy back in because he wanted to try and attack. Everyone would have slated him if he'd, if he'd have gone um, gone back to a defensive mentality. But I don't know. I, I just felt there was something. It was a wasted shirt. I think Long, the eleven Longstaff that we, was a wasted shirt. I think the eleven that we put out was a, a decent eleven, but I just think the formation and the tactics were, were were wrong. I think we should have probably put 
started out tall at centre half, and then it would have been the back, best back four they've had all season, and then Hawkins up front. I think, to be honest, I think maybe we should have started with a five. We know that from 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 the game at Vale Park back in back in March that we knew that they liked to play that long diagonal ball. So why didn't we counter that and say, right, we'll go five at the back. We could play the exact same lineup, but we go five at the back, or at least just five and. McLaughlin and Hewitt's a little bit wider as, as wing-backs because the problem was we needed Hewitt and, and McLaughlin to get forward, but then Perch and, and Hawkins were far too fragile and slow to be able to deal with the... As soon as they got the ball, they were looking up, they were switching it, it was gone. Bing, gone. Bing, gone. Every time. Every time. And we were being undone by it because Perch and Hawkins aren't the quickest. McLaughlin and Hewitt have got a bit of pace, but they're too far upfield because that's where they need to be. But they, they, but they can't because we've been undone at the back too quickly. They just bypassed our mid, our midfield completely. And I think, I think maybe the only one that I'd have changed about so the formation. I think the only substitute I'd have made different was. Uh, probably Maris starting instead of Longstaff. I have to say, Nate, to be fair, he's got a point there because uh, you know when we had 10 men and we were playing three at the back and Maris was sat in front of those three? Bloody hell, we were the best team on the pitch. Yeah, yeah we did. We we, we changed. We, we were a better side with 10 men for for, <coughs> for parts of that game. But um, it's, a, it's a difficult one because, I mean, I mean, I mean I'd, I'd like Maris in the team, you know, because I think... Uh, We've been. We said it sort of when he just come back in towards the end of the season. We we were missing him. He finally got back in and suddenly sort of performance has started picking up again. And he's kind of one of these players that's a bit underrated. He does the simple things very well. Um, so I was disappointed to see that he that he hadn't started. I, I don't think. I I feel like Longstaff's becoming a bit of a player that's getting hung out to dry to, yeah. to dry as well. You know, yes, he had a poor game and it, and. I think the problem is he's coming with massive ex- expectations because he's come from Newcastle. But if if he hadn't come from Newcastle and he'd just come from a you know any other team, I think he'd come in, scored is it, how many goals? It was six or something. He scored, January. He scored like four in his first four. five, didn't he? Score yeah, so you know contributed in that sense. Yeah. You know, I I think it's just because the expectations of us so high for him that that's that's the problem. The, so, the bottom line, though, Nathan, we had no midfield yesterday for most. Yes, of the no, game. I, I agree, but I don't think that just flies with Longstaff. You know, no, I, it I doesn't. Think... But but that was the selection, and that's where it comes back to Craig's point that the uh, the manager didn't do his his job properly. We were naive. We were a lot better side with Maris and and Lapsley yeah. playing. I think it was yeah. a bit naive in the selection. It kind of like and and I, I, it's always easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? But um, a lot of the season we've always said it, it matters what we do and things like that. But I think when you come up against a side like side like Port Vale in a in a final, you've got to pay a little bit of extra attention to that to their threats, um, and you, you've got to prepare for that. And I kind of just think like you know, I looked at that starting eleven, and I actually said. I felt like that was probably our strongest eleven in personnel at the time, but it it didn't necessarily mean it was the best eleven to play against Port Vale and and the way they play or or the best formations play against. I think we just were a bit naive and didn't didn't deal with their threats the way we should have done. The way we should have played against Port Vale was the way we started against Northampton. There was no need to change it because that would have stopped them coming forward because we had players behind the ball and then we'd have got forward and nicked a goal. We played, yeah. we didn't play the game, we played the occasion and it, it killed us. But I'll tell you where we lost that final. 
I'll tell you exactly where we lost that final. It's when Port Vale beats it, when Port Vale beats Swindon. I said it in the build-up, and all of you were caning me, saying, <laughs> "No, no, 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 we'll, we'll beat them." No, Port Vale are the one team this season that I've watched across this entire campaign who I've genuinely worried about playing because they play really, really well. And do you know what, Daryl Clark, absolute tactical masterclass. Because, like we said, you know, knows how to play, and they play that successfully. When you've got when you play three centre halves and the right side centre half and the left side centre half are playing up high as bloody wingers, that's a disgrace to the opposition's. Uh, defensive setup because it means that they're getting high up the pitch. They were playing one centre-half. Aidan Stone was playing centre-mid at one point. Centre-mid. Joke. Anyway, let's go back to some more... Yeah, uh, ten men, so. I think just a, just another thing on... They, they they had the fight and the hunger in them. I think it's... I've got to think, lay a little bit of blame for yesterday on the EFL because I think they were... Obviously, they, they their players and their fans wanted it for Daryl Clark. And Daryl Clark shouldn't have even been on that touchline because he got sent off straight red in the previous game. And credit to them, they've performed and they did it for him. And over the season, they've deserved it and they deserved it on the 90 minutes. But I just think it's... When it's such a big thing like that and Vale's... They lost their form when he went out and they only gained it back when he came back in. I just think that if something like that's been, if you if you've headbutted a player and got sent off, you've got to take the punishment. I have a question for you. Now, I didn't watch it. I only watched the penalty shootout, and you need to think carefully about this. Was he physically shown a red card? Yes. All right, and then which, in which case I've got an argument. If he wasn't and he was just told to leave, then that's different. But anyway, but if Daryl Clark had not been allowed on the touchline yesterday, they would have still beat us, given that they played better well, than we did. Considering, I agree. Well. I agree. Yeah. Because I was, he's got. It has very little bearing for me because he still picks the team. He still, you know, does the tactics. It's, it's. He still, as I say, he's just not physically able to 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 be there. But we were on commentary, and obviously you and Wills were doing the most of it, and you were throwing to me every now and again. Watch that touchline. And yesterday, Clark was doing most of the orders instead of Crosby. That's his job. Well, exactly, but he shouldn't have been there. He'd have still been doing it from the touchline. Or he'd just I understand what you're saying, uh, Cam, but I think you're clutching at straws a little bit. It's not. Yeah. But I think it's just the lack of consistency. But Vale did it for Clark. This whole they they coasted <laughs> into the playoffs, and then they've hit a good bit of form at the right time, which has coincided with him coming back. But that would have yeah. happened if he was on the sideline or not. They would have done it for Clark regardless. Yeah, and you can't I fault them either. No. I think to a player, they were better than us on the day. And I don't yeah, think you can, you can ignore that. I think whatever's driven them and whatever's lacked the drive in our side, in terms of application and skill on the park, they were better than us in just about every department yesterday. Yeah. And I personally, whilst I'm disappointed, I'd be a lot more upset if we'd have played well and lost or it had gone down to a That's poor refereeing decision. That's the that's the point. I think if we you know we turn up, play well and lose, disappointing. Turn up, well we we didn't turn up, did we? We, we literally. We, I remember <coughs> I remember after liking it to when John Dempster's side used to uh, train against the mannequins. And the mannequins always used to lose three one. It was like watching that all over again. Let's delve back into some. Uh, some no, no, uh, tell you at my own bus, by the way, for the. Yeah, just hold that sign up again, will you? Just hold that sign up again. No. It's going. What are you going to do with that, by the way? What are you going to do with that, by the way, Clive? Because I've got some, I've got some really good suggestions on where you can stick it. Oh, I don't want to get it all the way in. No, we we uh, we have no immediate plans for it. I just think it's a memento of the occasion. 
nothing to do with the game. Absolutely, no. It's always 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 good to uh, keep it was great on to four fifteen. We did not steal our media oh, pass. Yeah. We didn't steal our media passes. We handed them into the guy upstairs on the desk. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You'll never go again. <laughs> right, let's go back to some comments, shall we? Uh, forgive me if you've got, got in touch and we've already touched upon it. I will skip past it. Just you know, I'll try and get as many. Yeah. Also, do you really want to hear an hour of us moaning about yesterday? Uh, the viewing figures say yes. Actually, um, not moaning, by the way. I feel like yeah. me and Clive are quite positive. It's just, you know. I mean, I'm relatively positive. Yeah, it's, it's you, Cam. Don't forget, you, you've, got, you've not got negative influencers, have you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know were negative I'm before we even got to Wembley yesterday. Don't you go yeah, make a cup of tea. a bit of better bloody side and we had no chance of going up. <laughs> so, honestly, pessimism is not always a bad Craig. thing. Craig. Yeah, and he was right again, yeah? He was right it's again. Ass. Yeah, this guy, this guy. <laughs> Viewers comments, Greg. Viewers comments. He just waits for this moment just so he can like this is why it's pessimistic all Greg all season because the chances are, you know, we won't get promoted. And he can just say he's right. Exactly. <laughs> moving on. Martin says, wrong team, John Joe should have been at centre back. We missed a striker and Johnson is the answer for me. I'm gonna disagree slightly, Martin. I think when that retain list comes out uh, later in the week, I think you may see Mr. Johnson on the transfer list. Um let's try to delve some more. Um, uh, just trying to find ones which we've not already touched upon, so apologies. Um, uh, the lads look tired even before kickoff. Uh, says Josh just didn't seem to want to play to win. Unfortunately, unlike Vale, who were definitely the better of the team always all the way through. Uh, Daniel says could see that when the ball went out of play, they rushed to get it back and attack us. Even when they weren't in position, they aimed for the channels and knew they would uh, then get the ball. Um, on a par with uh, Northampton away uh, in October. Very poor officiating, says Sean. Um, win it next year, says Roger. Uh, Kerry says, we were playing narrow on the widest pitch in England. It was never going to work. Uh, Lapsley Marish should have also started, as we've said. Um, Keith says, good evening, guys. Hope that you're, you're doing uh, not too bad. Gutted, but we re regroup and go again. I listened to John Radford's interview on 103.2, and yes, he was hurting. But it was positive. Take care and stay safe from a wet far north of Scotland. My second team got in the final, uh, the playoff final, uh, Inverness, Cali Thistle. Well done uh, to them. Yeah, go Thistle. Go Thistle. Go on, Thistle. <laughs> uh, by the way, anybody else looking forward to playing Chesterfield? Oh, no, wait. Oh, dear. That's about the only thing that's made this Did weekend. Somebody tweeted earlier. Yeah, sorry, Nathan. Yeah. I've, got, I've got to think <laughs> about it. You've got to play Yeah. You've got to fancy Grimsby now, haven't you? Because uh, nah, no, they, James Clark for the win. Well, I, I'd like James Clark to go, but I think Grimsby have got this knacker scoring in the 120th minute. Yeah, new ground, Solly, or never been there. So. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember now. Uh, you, you completely lost me trail of thought. Stags are. Craig, yeah. Craig, Jim made a good point on the comments uh, that we've now got to, the club needs to get a couple of fairly quick signings to restore some uh, positiveness in, amongst the the the, uh, the fans base and i think also we need to be demonstrating now a, a a real go for next year to to maximize season ticket sales because after a disappointing defeat like yesterday it has a a negative impact on people's desire to go out and buy a season ticket straight away surely not well it, i think i think that's the human nature the playoffs surely yeah, but, not like you've got to remember i know there's one disappointing game there but 
You've got to remember the twenty odd leading up to that, surely. When you think of the, the, some of the games we've had this season, well, I know well, last night I jumped on the bandwagon towards the end, which is which is fair enough. But even Nathan, can, I, can I apologise for talking while you're interrupting, please? Because the uh, you finished. I, I hadn't I think, finished. I was going to go on to say your breath had stopped. Do you want me to talk you out, Nate? Do you want me to talk you out, Nate? Do you want me to talk you out? Do you want me to talk you, Nate? I reckon I was going to finish by saying. Oh, oh, anytime to I, <laughs> I think I get what Clive said. They're all bloody interrupting me now. <laughs> I was going to say that, think about it. If Mansfield Town Football Club had played the whole season like they played the second half of the season, we'd have gone up as champions. That's the positive thing. Carry forward the average form for the last half of the season into next year with every reason to expect promotion. You I see, this is why I don't want to get into this today because I think this will come more in the in in the review show at the end of the week. But I'll say it just just as a sentence and then we'll move on. Over the course of the season, yes, we've had a good second half of the season, but the truth is when you strip down each individual game, we have not been good enough to warrant promotion. We've not beaten a team by more than two clear goals in Scunthorpe. We've not been good enough, but we'll save it. We'll save it for the Can show. I- Insufficient firepower, that's what you're saying. Insufficient yeah, firepower. I, yeah. But, but Nath, Clive, what Clive says is right, but you say, yes, it was a goal. Should have scored three before that. Let's move on. Uh, Keith said uh, about Radford's interview, and this is the key thing, because what the point what Clive made goes neatly into that, and it's about, you know, being patient and being positive. And I got, I've seen some horrendous comments on social media, you should, you should never really look, about my interview with Clough afterwards. Now, if you've seen it, you may understand why. But I asked two questions, or maybe three, on the game itself, and then moved on to a collective. Because there was 16 and a half, maybe more fans there from Mansfield yesterday. And I use inverted commas because there was quite a few people who have been, because it's a big game, and just seeing the season as that isolated incident. And they will remember that season as a negative. They will remember it as failure. But it's not. It's it, it's a thing. And the, the point that I'm making to link between the two, Nate, is the fact that the last time we lost in the playoffs, the axe was wielded by now. It'd gone and yeah. we overreacted and we acted on anger and hurt and disappointment. But I think what we're doing this year is, like um, Keith said in the comment, you know, yes, he was hurting, but he was positive because what, what Radford can see is the fact that since Nigel Clough has come in, the club is in a far better position now. And it's interesting that actually after the second leg of the semi-final, me and Clough were talking after the press conference and he said, the one thing I want to make clear at the end is the fact that regardless of what happens, we are in a very, very good shape to go forward as a club. And I think that's the important thing to take away from it. We hurt, but we build. You know, what? what is it, what is it that they say, Nate? Something like, you know, from the greatest pain of all comes the biggest lesson. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. I haven't got any of these fancy I'm saying, not so. going to get involved in these metaphors. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not go well, down that route. We all know where you, you, the, you, the, you get the point I'm making. Like, I'm, not, I'm like, not trying to do a speech. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to no, just but, take the point. I mean, of, I, haven't, I haven't listened to the interview. I haven't actually brought myself to do it, but um, I will do. But that, that said, I, it was... Disappointing, it was gutting, but as I said at the top of the show, you got me to choose, choose a word. And that, the reason I said optimistic is although the game's disappointing, 
you look. I'm looking at the season overall, and it's it's like I I put up put on you know the tweet after after I had a bit of time to sort of process it and and evaluate it. You know, never mind. Yeah, you know, we we had a we had a good day out up to you know up to up to the match and to certain to, to to some extent. Um, you know, we've we've hopefully even though that game is disappointing. Like I agree, Craig. If you if it sounds like you've you know more summarised the season because I hope that. Even if it's five hundred or six hundred or a thousand of those fans just come back next season, or hopefully a lot of them came to like the Northampton game and so on, just to see that we're not always like that. You know, yes, we failed on the at the final hurdle, but leading up to that, we we smashed some of those hurdles and we we, we flew through it, and we've had some cracking games this season. It's actually been overall for me a really enjoyable enjoyable season. So that's why I'm optimistic. I just think. I don't think we're going to panic like we did last time and, and, and get rid of it. That's not even in, in contention, surely. Um, I just think we've got an opportunity just to build and just enjoy it. I'm going to be honest. I felt like, Cam, that I had to be like that. I had to try and condense the game into, you know, two two questions and then try and move on as a whole. Because I looked at Nigel Clough and he was hurting as well. And you know, I didn't want him to come out and say something he'd, he'd, he'd regret. Uh, yeah, obviously I I didn't listen to to what you did, but I because I was. What were these people wanting you to be, Jeremy Paxman or something? It's ridiculous. Well, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think they were just more slate, you know, more slate. The, the fact that it wasn't all, you know, it wasn't all about the 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 game and that. I don't know. Maybe I was too sycophantic. Maybe I was too. I think what you can I'm say like, is what? it was two passionate Mansfield fans talking to each other in the form of an interview. And I have to say, lots of people think that Martin and Dean and you and others don't do a great job of interviewing. They want to bloody try it. It's hard yeah, work. I think, I think I'm, I'm going to jump in Craig's defence here. I think as, also as journalists, we've got... Of course, he does two games. <laughs> yeah, he's, games. he's had two games. Two games. <laughs> I, have, I have my other job. He's a journalist <laughs> other than that. Give him a credit Yeah, come on. The man's no, no, really a, joking. But the point was... He has yeah. a column in Woman, Woman's Weekly. Rude. Um, Don't forget about the Manx stag. <laughs> that's dying to death. Um, but the point Typical was, uni um, student. <laughs> we, obviously, we were on, on air yesterday, and obviously then Craig went off and did his interview. I was packing all the gear down. When we met, it was just after I went and sat in the press conference room. Nigel Clough did his press conference with uh, Jake Garner, John Lomas, all the other different journalists from different media sources. And he genuinely sounded heartbroken. He genuinely sounded like he just didn't want to be there. And I think us as journalists and, and as managers, we've got the hardest thing to do because we've had the whole game to look back at what's happened and think of our questions, but Nigel's not had the chance to think to to accumulate his answers to whatever we ask him, because usually you you get a rough idea. You know, if we played really bad, you know what the question's going to be like. If we played really good, you know what the question's going to be like. Whereas when it's such a big stage like that, you just can't like. They were we had some good football during that game yesterday. Yes, it wasn't for long, but we did play good football. So. You've got to try and spin the positive because if you're too negative, everyone's just going to be like, well, why are you being so negative? Like, you're not going to get a good reaction if it's going to be so negative. So you, you've got to find that balance. So Craig was right to like a right, couple of questions on on the actual game itself and then just to look back at the whole season because 
we've still got to wait for the retain list. We'll still have um, plus reaction to the to the season as a whole, and we've still got um, different bits and bobs. We've got players that are hopefully coming in. I think plus so he's got some going out, and then five or six coming in. There's a lot that we can look forward to, but in the here and now of being at Wembley and having to deal with it then, it's just it's just difficult to process. Yeah, it is. And I think it's the the other one that I did as well, Clive, was, was James Perch. You know, Captain Mansfield yesterday, local lad, and he was really in tears. It genuinely did feel, feel like... It was uh, it was painful watching it, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, the, the pain, lad is Mansfield through it. and through. Mansfield yeah. through and through. His hurt was palpable um, and uh, it was sincere. And you could tell, and all those people that felt those players had gone out there and hadn't given the damn, that's proof that, they, that at least some of them did. Um, and I think uh, it, we're not going to go back over the game again, but if you could get bottle what Perch has in terms of attitude and give it to every other player, we'd be unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think we, we're now at a stage where we've got to put this game behind us. Um, we've got to start looking forward. I think we need to take a couple of weeks off and then start looking towards next season. Cluffy alluded to um, recruitment and said, well, we didn't know what league we were going to be in. That's true. But you've got to have two shopping lists. You know, you have a shopping list for Sainsbury's if you're in League One, and a shopping list for Asda if you're in League Two. And he, his brother, who's on our payroll, it's his only job is to recruit, is to find recruits. So all season long, he must be looking at who's got what contract, how are they getting played? Are they getting game time? Would they fit into the into the model that we operate? Would they fit in around the other teams? It's his job to do that. You've got to imagine there's a, at least a dozen players in the frame now to start working with to try and get them on our on our team because you'll never get all of them, obviously. Yeah, um, and if not, what what is he doing? Because then better than the retain list. Well, the retain, list will, the retain list has been written for a while, hasn't it? Nathan, no. Please get ready. Uh, Nathan, um, can you see what I'm doing by any chance? Because it's almost like either that or you're right in my, my brain and you know where, the, where <laughs> I'm trying to take this podcast. Uh, go on, go on. I, just I don't, I, we just, we've worked together for a long time, Craig. That's you just I mean. mentioned retain listen and you know I'm going to come on to it later on. Uh, I'm going to delve back into some more comments and then we're going to come on to uh, our our brief thoughts before we wrap things up and, and move on. A reminder that we'll do a, uh, a generic whole season review later on in the week when we've got Alan back with us uh, as well. He's uh, away for a few days at the minute. Um, so let's come to uh, uh, some more comments. Uh, Pedro, nine weeks and we go again. Yesterday was a shocker. Um, let's have a look, look more. Uh, uh, Darren says, an unforgettable climax to one uh, of the most exciting seasons in a long time. Because of Nigel in the team, my 13-year-old son has fallen in love with his hometown football team, Priceless. We go again and come back in, in 12 months as uh, as champions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nathan says, we have to build, as Cluffy said in the interview, it's only 12 months into a project and at least he's in it for the long haul and not done a Steve Evans. Um, who's Greg? No idea who Greg is, but yes, I think Johnson will be gone. Uh, but Clough brought him in to score goals. Why hasn't he played him? Um, you, yeah, we, it, we have stories. There's We're the, not going to say there, there are a number of contributing factors. It's just, it's just, it's as simple as as that. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors, dear, and uh, that's what he's paid to do. Right. He's paid to make I'll decisions. be staying on this podcast link at the end when we've gone off air. 
Don't you know what off them anyway? Um, we do have an opportunity to build, uh, but look at the players that we we uh, that will be returning to their parent clubs. Uh, says Daniel. We're going to have a look look at that in a second as well. Uh, Paul, question for you guys: In what positions would you strengthen to make this Mansfield team uh, finish in the top three? All of them, uh, and we'll touch upon that more in the end of season review podcast as well. Uh, important to stay positive, says Jim. This time next year, we'll hopefully be more League One ready and a better place to go up and actually stay up. Uh, my grand, two grandsons love their day out, both season tickets holders, and their granddad, other granddad, is getting his first season ticket. So we're increasingly becoming uh, increasing because it's exciting to be a stag, says Chris. Well um, Tom says, Stags fan living in London, really enjoyed following the Stags this season. Shame they didn't perform anywhere near the standard yesterday, but look forward to competing at the top again next season. Uh, Keith says, I, I saw your interview, Craig, and it was uh, thought-provoking. I agree, uh, Cam. He was hurting. Uh, also, it was JR. Um, absolutely. And uh, Stuart says, the Mansfield roller coaster will roll again. Right. Retain list will be out <coughs> probably tomorrow, to be fair, knowing Nigel Clough. I don't think he'll mess about. Um, I don't think there'll be too many uh, surprises. We've got the list. Now, I say, I say this all the time. I try and keep uh, a lid on it and, and try and sort of keep track of it where I can in terms of who's out of contract and who's not. So if any information on this bit is inaccurate, I apologise and I blame Cam. Um, <laughs> but Good. we're going to run through it, run through who's in contract, who's, who's not. We'll give our brief thoughts on who... We think maybe on the uh, on on the uh, retain list, etc., etc., and then we'll obviously once the official list comes out, we'll react to it. That's sort of how this thing works. So uh, let's deal with the comment which was said earlier on mm-hmm. about lone players going back to their clubs. Now, um, Nathan Bishop will go back to Manchester United. Uh, obviously, Richard Narty, Clive's uh, pick for player of the city signing of the season. He'll go back. Let to, me down uh, badly. He did. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, he could go to. He'll go back to to Burnley, although he's been back there since January. Really, uh, Murphy will go back to Hibernian. Um, Stirk will go back to Birmingham, and of course, uh, Longstaff will go back to Newcastle United. So you've already lost five players. Then now the players that whose contract, according to my list, run out uh, in 2022 are as follows: Stephen McLaughlin. Uh, Farron Rawson, Ollie Clark, Jordan Bowery, George Maris, James Perch, Marek Steck, uh, Jason Law, um, and uh, that's it. Other than the uh, the younger players uh, as well. Of those, um, there may already be some that have been uh, offered contracts and things like that. But I think the the key ones in there, Nath, that we need to keep hold of are definitely. Um, uh, the likes of George Maris, James Perch, and Stephen McLaughlin. Although I think McLaughlin, there'll be a lot of clubs sniffing around for him. I think we may have a fight in our hands. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a worry, which is which is annoying as well. Not, not if they watched him yesterday. Well, no, there's that silver line. Maybe he did it on purpose. You know, he won't stick around. But um, you know, he obviously knows what a big fan I am. Um, but the the that she was reading that list out. There's, there were three there that I said that that I was counting as I went along that I would uh, that I'd be desperate to keep, and those those were the three. But, but like you say, McLaughlin in particular, um, you, you would fancy a lot of other clubs. Probably you know, League one in particular. Uh, Hewitt's contract until twenty twenty three. All right, time won't finish or anything. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm ever so sorry. It's all right. No, apology accepted. You know, I've 
I'm not going to get too bitter about it. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm finished now. I think. <laughs> I've, 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 I've literally forgot what I was saying. I just said we need to keep Maka, but it'd be annoying if he goes because it, we're not going to get a fee for him. And I think he could go to League One quite comfortably, yeah, based on his based on his uh, performances in this season, not on that final. Yeah, I think it's it's a difficult one because I think based off uh, the season, the whole is there's a couple of players that are out of contract now. Not obviously not bothered about going like Farron Rawson. We, we, we know we can hang on a minute. Oh, don't upset Clive. I say I, there's better out there. Do you know we had a really shocking part to our season because we got no depth or any cover for our, our back lineup, and Rawson at that time came out and played his. He played his part. He, he covered, and you've got to have somebody like Ross, not if only on the bench. Yeah, I'm stopping talking because you just you just <laughs> not listening to me. <laughs> the point if, if I can't sing a song about biscuits, you're not interested. <laughs> yeah, but what is your favourite biscuit? You asked people on the coach yesterday. That was it sounds like he's taking the biscuit. Did you have your own coach? I don't. Yeah, he did. I don't know if you mentioned that. Coach number three, it was. I don't cry. How come you got so far up the pecking order as well? How come you got coach number three? It's seniority. I'm the oldest person there. <laughs> well, fair play. Fair they they realised I needed to sit down early. That's what it was. <laughs> God, who was on bus one and two? We had a great driver. He was like, uh, he was, he was a bit like a Formula One driver. He was undertaking, overtaking. He was squeezing through gates. He was marvellous. We're, we're all terrified half the time. Did you do bingo? No, no, no. But we we did the scratch card as normal, and we did, I did the charity raffle, and uh, and that was enough. I thought. Anyway, back to retail list. Uh, Nathan, you were saying. I'd finished. I was just saying. I, I don't want. I I want to keep macking. It'd be disappointing if you went on a on a free. But Perch, Maris, I'd want to keep. The rest. Barry, maybe, but the rest. You know, I, I think there's there's other options out there that'll be better. What about Lapsley? Uh, Lapsley contracted until 2023. What about Aikens? You see, you missed the point here, Clive. He, he read that list he read out. They were the ones that were just expiring at 2022. Hey, so he's, not he's not turned his uh, ear and head up, has they're he? They're in contract. What about Clive? Oates? Oh, for goodness sake. Oates and Quinn are the two that I don't have details for. This could be I'm, a long I'm night. I'm sure <laughs> Oates' contract until the end of next what about year. Je- what about Law? Law, again, no, no details for. So I just need to qualify this before I give you judgment on it. Yeah, that's fine. Right, do you want me to go through the list? Let it finish. It's not done. Uh, I just get wanted to give. I wanted to give you a wish list. That's all. But never mind. Do it your well, way. Give me a little, so you give me a wish list, and I'll tell you where we are with them. Well, I'd like to see us. I mean, and obviously you've already answered some of these, but my wish list, which I wrote down before this uh, podcast started, was I wanted to retain Hewitt, O'Toole, Perch, Macca, Rawson, Maris, Lapsley, Aikins, and Oates. Go for and it. Law, law, if possible. Is that it? <laughs> go through it. Go through it a little bit slower, so I can. Uh, I'll highlight some, and I can tell you. Hewitt, yeah, contracted. O'Toole, contracted. Perch, contracted. Macca, worried about. Rawson, no. you don't like. Well, like, you're still going a bit too fast for me. Here. Slow. <laughs> I was at O'Toole. When you said O'Toole. Perch contracted, which is not. O'Toole. O'Toole. Then, then you had Perch. Then who you got? I thought Perch was contracted. I'm happy to be wrong, but I'd like to keep him. Right, who did you have after Perch? Macca. Next. Rawson. I know you're going to dispute this. I like the lad. I think he's a good cover. Yeah, next. Maris, unarguably. Next. Lapsley. We've missed him when he hasn't been able to play. Next. 
Akins, there's something there that we haven't found yet. Correct. Next. Oaks. We're looking for. Next. If he can get back to form, is worth in, worth his place. I'd like to see Jason Law because I think he's an excellent player. I'd like to keep Bowery on the bench, and uh, I don't know. I think I don't know what to say about Gordon because we've not seen him play. Uh, right. So let's go through. I'll go through those in number order. You see, I have them in numerical order, Clive. You see, squad number order. That's why I was trying to keep up with you. There you go. Uh, right, some of us right. have to have an af afternoon nap. You know, and I, I don't I have did. the time. Four hours it was. Four hours, and you know what? I wish I'd have stayed a bloody sleep. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Gordon, 2023, uh, contracted to, uh, but um, uh, is has been injured all season, although he's, he's, he was actually training on the pitch before the game. Um, so, uh, I'm Wembley. Hey, Wembley. I think has it anybody was, yeah. else, you know, in this podcast, anybody yeah. else been on that, played football on that pitch? No, no, just me. All right, carry on. Anyone else commentated there twice? Yes. Two defeats, two defeats. Anybody else have their own bus? <laughs> where, uh, where did I get to? Yeah, so Macca, 2022 out of contract. Hewitt, 20, here till the end of next season. Uh, Rawson, he's already applying for a job at Asda. Um, Bowery, 2022. Maris, 2022, so out of contract. Perch, out of contract. Oates, 20, uh, 2023. Thanks for everyone getting in touch with yeah. that. Um Law 2022, I am absolutely in agreement. They're a lovely lad. And I think we sort of, between reading, reading between the lines, Clive, when we spoke to uh, um, to Crosby, the assistant manager at, in the uh, the cup final, I think I, I'd be very, very, very surprised if he's not offered another year. Yeah. Um, when I get to Lapsley 2023, Aikens 2024, O'Toole 2024 as well. So, Can we also uh, say we should have kept you, James Clark? Did you have Correct. Quinn on that list? Quinn, Quinn, I've not got a, a date I'll for. Try and find. See, that's, that's important. It is, but I've not got a date for him. Um, but yeah, I think. Well, Quinn will be, no, be going nowhere else, will he? No, no, absolutely. I think the I important know. thing is, you know, when you this is the thing about looking at this squad and where we've we've finished this season with, and that's all of those players that are out of contract, none of which are Clough players. So, you know. He's at a point now where he's building. And I think regardless of what the outcome was yesterday, Nath, it was going to be, he was always going to make changes. He was always going to try and implement new things. So, uh, Quinn, yeah, this is kind of the... Go on, what was Cam saying? Quinn signed June 2021 on a one-year deal, so he's out of contract this summer. Thought so, yeah. Oh, that's not good, Okay. Uh, well, well, let's see. I mean, obviously, they're going to be in nego negotiations. They're not going to announce anything, are they, until... until He'll get a one-year deal. This week. So, yeah, hopefully. Surely get a one-year deal. But um, going on to what you're saying there, Craig, obviously, I think someone said, is, is it so it's been 12 months, has it, or just over since Clough took over? So, you know, two yeah, transfer it'll be windows. the best part of 18 now, isn't it? Because yeah, it was yeah, no November, wasn't it? November, yeah, November yeah, yeah. in the yeah. Uh, things, COVID it was coming season. Out, it said 12 yeah. months. Yeah, it was, it was 18, wasn't it? So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's had yeah, a bit of time to build. But there, there's still players here that, like you say, aren't, aren't his players. Um, you know, so he's going to, he's still going to be wanting to build the way he wants. So, you know, it's, it's this is kind of like the, the, the opportunity now to, to make those final changes, I'd say, you know, the ones that he necessarily doesn't want in and bring the ones in that, that he does. So, um, you know, this is why it's just, just move on. You know, it's been a, been a good season, but we've got better under Clough. There's no denying that from where we were and where we are 
where we are now. So hopefully we can just continue to build for next year. I don't think there has to be massive changes, but uh, you know, a few few tweaks, and I just think a little bit more depth because that's what that's what did us in that bad run, yeah. not having the depth. A little bit more depth, and we we should should fear, you know should be, should should go much better. Stephen asks, "What about Hawkins? We none of us mentioned Hawkins, have we?" Uh, twenty twenty three. So we've still got another year with a signed a two year match. deal. Okay. What? And banned for that first match. And yeah, and suspended for the first game of next season. So uh, fun. Uh, well, that's good because he has to work his way back into a team, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, someone asked about Danny Johnson as well. Likewise, he's in contract until the end of next season, but there is a little thing called a transfer list. So uh, he'll, he'll never see the field mill grass again. Unless it's playing against us. Yeah. He'll go back to Leighton um, Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simon says, was surprised with the loss of Keaton Ward and James Clark. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll see James Clark back at uh, one call next season when he's playing for Solihull in League Two. They're definitely going to win the playoffs. Um, and so in terms of younger players as well, by the way, um, went through the middle. Obviously, Ryan Burke, Tyrese Sinclair, Keaton Ward, Jaden Charles, Ethan Hill, Nathan Kane all released. Uh, George Cooper and James Gale had clauses oct- uh, activated within their contract. Uh, and Jimmy Knowles was offered uh, six months uh, more to him to come back from his injury. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm sure we'll get a full update from Nigel Clough in the coming days as well. Right, that's almost all we've got time for uh, tonight. Let's wrap things up in terms of putting yesterday in a box and um, and dealing with that in isolation. Like I said before, we'll talk about the season as a whole later in the week, the back end of the week when we do our end of season review and the awards show um, as well. Disappointing on the day, Clive, that we didn't really turn up and perform to the standard that we knew we were going to do. But when you strip away the frustration, when you strip away the disappointment and strip away, most importantly, the emotional hurt, you've got to sit back, hold your hands up and say, we weren't even second best. Port Vale deserved fully to go up to League One. We were not ready on the day. And it is what it is. We move on and go again next year. Yeah, they were as good as we were bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's much more else to be said than that, is there, Nath, really? It's, it's one of those things, you know, if if that's a game within a season, you know, if that's, you know, middle of January or whatever on a Tuesday night, it, it won't matter because you've got a chance to bounce back. It's just yeah. the fact that it's the end. That's it. That's the, that's the stamp done. That's... That, there's no more to, to go, nowhere to go, no manoeuvre room. That's it. Like you said a moment ago, it's it's just what happened on the day. If that was in the in the, in the season, you'd you'd write it off as a bad day at the office. You'd be like, yeah, you went down to ten men. You're never gonna you're never gonna come back, you know. And you just think, well, you know, it's just one of them. You just bounce back from it. But you, it's just the fact that it was a, a playoff final on a, on a big stage in front of a big crowd on a on a big day, which we've all we'd all built up up to. So which which makes it that you know obviously a little bit or a lot more disappointing. But um, end of the day. We lost a football match, and you've got old gentlemen like like you say, the best team, best team won. Uh, you know, good luck to them next season. I'm like I said earlier, I'm quite glad when they got that third. I'm glad it was Mal. I think he deserved that goal yeah. at Wembley, uh, and good luck to them all. Um, but for us, move on. Can I just yeah. make a, a point about the crowd? I thought both sets of fans were magnificent. Um, and obviously, they they became much louder than ours simply because they got more to cheer about. But both sets of fans mingled before the game. I, I, I had some really good crack with them. And, and afterwards, there was, as far as I could see, there was no issues with people. But uh, both teams gone. took about the same number of fans. And, and uh, clearly, a lot of those fans are occasional 
attendees. I hope they get got something from the game because, as somebody said earlier, it'd be nice to hold on to five hundred to a thousand of them as we go into next season. Yeah, I think that's the important thing as well, isn't it, Cam? Because you know what. 12 months before that, if we'd have been in a playoff final, we'd all been watching it on iFollow. We wouldn't have been able to to mm. go to it and, and see it. We've had some tremendous experiences this season, which I know we'll touch more upon in the end of the season uh, review show. But, you know, we gave it a shot and for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. And it's it's another experience. I think some I saw somebody on uh, social media, a friend of mine said, you know, if it's good, it's brilliant. If it's bad, it's experience. Yeah, I think we've we've got a lot of work to do in the off season. Uh, obviously, we've got a team that it's like we've got the basis of a good team. I was saying this to, to Jace Harrison on one hundred three point two after the game, and I said we've got a good core of a squad to be building on because we we've got here on on and good performances and, and and merit. We've got good players that that wanted to play for the club and do well. And we, we've come up short, yes, but there's a good core of the squad there that hopefully we can keep hold of some and make some good additions to. And and we go again next season. It's it's not it's not a short-term project with Clough here at Mansfield. It's, it's building and it's building. And Rome wasn't built in a day, so you never know. Next season could be a little bit different, but... There. One day. One day we will get there. My thanks to Nathan Edge, to Clive Parkin, and to Cam Felton as well. My thanks as well to you guys at home for joining us in the 45th episode of this series. Wow. Been a hell of a ride. Win or lose, it never really matters, did it deep down in the end? It's all about experiences and all about the journey. Mansfield always matters we've been on one hell of a ride this campaign and you know what that's what it's all about isn't it taking it in enjoying the ride and gaining those experiences my thanks to the Mansfield Matters panel as always and my thanks to you guys at home as well for getting involved on today's uh, show and having your say on your team we will have one more show of this series to come that will be later on in the week after Nigel Clough has put the uh, retain list out as we do the end of season review show. We dish out the Mansfield Matters podcast awards as well and we wrap up this campaign. And then we'll have a gap. We won't be doing any live shows for a little bit, but we will finally have our stag stories, the glory of the Amber Generation series to come as well. And then maybe some extra stag stories episodes in there for you um, as well. For now, though, my thanks for watching. My thanks for listening. We will see you again later in the week on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because win or lose, wherever we are, Mansfield always matters. Night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.